Hello everyone, uh, and welcome back to uh, the somewhat less formal version of the Restoring Life podcast that I've dubbed the Tea Sessions, mainly because it's it's chats over tea with some of my incredible friends, colleagues, and people that my stories have been crossing with. And this morning, I'm here with a dear friend who I met years ago, it, fe- it seems, lifetimes ago, Adam Barley, um, who amongst many things that you are and and you show up as in the world uh, the founder of zero one um and has just you've just released an incredible film on your work out into the world so I wanted to connect with you this morning Adam and obviously share about that and dive into some of the really deep work I think you're bringing through in your movement practices and offerings um but you and I met again as always very synchronistically didn't we and that we found out we were following each other's work and then happened to meet in person I believe one of the whole world view gatherings years ago um and have been dancing together physically and metaphorically ever since have we not (laughs) yeah yeah across two different continents and through quite a few different stories and synchronistically meeting in cafes in Cambridge (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah so yes, the universe obviously uh, wanted to bring us together as it does with mm. with many beings right now on the planet in the times mm. of transition we find ourselves in. And so I wondered if maybe um, we start this weaving with you just perhaps telling the story of Zero One and your work, because that's an incredible story. Mm. And it's really, mm. I would say, of the times in that everybody I'm sure you tell it to and everybody I point at your work just gets that shiver of, oh my God, really? Um, so yeah, talk to us a bit about that, Adam. Well, with that, you know, it's it's a little bit like, well, where do I start? You know, like zero one as a body of work began to form around five years ago now or six years ago when I happened upon a bizarre insight into human nature or no, the, the the insight wasn't bizarre, but the, the place I found it was bizarre. I happened upon an insight into the nature of being human by looking at a mathematical equation. That's what's bizarre. It's like what a bizarre place to see anything human. But that but it did. That's when zero one began. But you know that would not have happened without being steeped in movement practice through the five rhythms, Gabrielle Roth's work, which I came upon in my mid-twenties and completely changed my life. And that would not have happened if I hadn't been in some remarkable, very 1980s-style encounter groups that I was a devotee of. I, I used to go as often as I could to these wild weekends in Norwich where which were pretty crazy we'd throw 20 people in a room for a weekend and see what happened we, we just lived in one room for wow. 48 hours you know when we all slept in there and everything and and that would not have happened if I hadn't been a young man who was really lost and bedraggled and messed up from a nice normal neurotic middle-class English upbringing with all its attendant under the carpet shadows and violences and you know just the stuff that goes on under the behind the scenes of English culture 
families right. for the most part. You know, it's pretty normal stuff, but it's it's normal but nasty. Yep. And that was, you know, it's just the the normal currency of growing up in England and I was a mess. Yeah. And it's it's it would be a long, long journey to unpack that mess. And movement practice has been an incredibly effective powerful tool to do so because a lot of, a lot of my you know i think we all we all come through childhood with wounding of some kind or another and i have come to know mine very well over the years and find out that the bulk of it happened before i could speak by the time i could speak things got a little easier in my family right and so, you know, I had a nice education. I learned to play musical instruments. We went on good holidays. And, you know, my dad was a doctor. And, but there was subtle but damaging stuff that happened when I was very, very young, even right. before I was born, while I was born in that first year. And it's so deeply buried. And I think this is a true for a lot of us. A lot of us have beginnings that are very difficult as little babies, you know, we as a culture, we don't really know how to handle babies very well at all. Yeah. I remember when my daughter was born in my mid-20s and they were wanting to put monitors on her scalp while she was in utero, you know, to monitor the heartbeat. And the doctor literally said to me, don't worry, she won't feel any pain. Yeah, and this nice. is a little bit of metal that get, gets put through the skin of the scalp because that's the only bit they can reach. Wow. So it's, her scalp gets pierced. And the doctor is telling me, and this is in the mid-1980s, telling me that the baby won't feel it. Oh, my goodness. And it's like, what? I know. <laughs> this baby has been in heaven for nine months, and the first thing from the outside world is going to feel is a bit of metal being pushed through its skin. I, and you're telling me it's not going to feel? You know, and that was common yeah. not so long ago. What is that? Thirty-five years ago. Not it's long, not so long all. ago, and yeah. I think we've wised up a lot since then. But you know, I'm making that, telling that story to illustrate the point that I think most of us had beginnings that were less yeah. than ideal, and the things that happened to very young children have, of course, such a profound impact that you're literally shaping the foundations of a human. Absolutely, and and and. And because it's pre-verbal, it doesn't get lodged in the memory in the same way as it does with stuff that happens when you're five and beyond. Right. And so you generally don't know about it as an adult in the same unless ways. you start digging. Mm -hmm. You know, and what, what I found is just like, and so there I am emerging to add into adulthood in my 20s. And I, I'm knowing that something is desperately wrong. Right. And and it's like, what is it? But what like, is what it? Is yeah, wrong? it's like the elusive like, clue that nice you can't parents, find, right? You know, and I had, you know, a good upbringing, and like, what went wrong? Right. And the search to find out what went wrong, yeah, really took off when I started doing body work. Yeah, so because it's all there in the body. It's stored in the cells, isn't it? And this is totally. one of the things that I find so powerful about your work in particular. And it's different for me. I won't, you know, it is different from a lot of movement-based practices in that you're, you deliberately invite people 
into that cellular memory without having to have a story about it. So, of course, that resonates with me Mm. because it's a beyond a human story Mm. because I find we can get locked in our stories and they distract us, actually, from what the real core of this is. So one of the reasons I find your work so compelling is you drop the narrative and you go deeper and deeper and deeper through movement until you Mm. start to surface some of these deep memories that often come in the form of emotion, Mm. right? Yeah. And and often you don't even know what it is that's coming up. Right. You can be in some kind of movement experience. And for those of you who are listening and you you don't know what I'm talking about, yeah, you know, we're we're basically talking about free improvised movement, sometimes with music, sometimes without. And so you're listening to the body and how the body feels like moving. And when you do that, you you basically think, okay, body, teach me about myself. Yeah. Because that's what happens. You when you allow the body to start to move in its own way, it will start to reveal your own nature. Right. Because your own nature is in your muscles and bones and breath and blood and like and as you say, every cell. Yeah. Every cell is carrying the memory of you and your life story. And it is below the level of our conscious awareness most of the time. And, and I, bit by bit, it starts to come out, you know, and often stuff will come through in a movement session. You, you, sometimes you don't even know what it is. Yes. You'll go through some deep sadness or something and out it comes and you release it. And you feel a whole lot better afterwards. And it's like, what was that? And often you don't even know. Right. But then sometimes you do know. And this is where, you know, I know what you mean about that we can get trapped in stories, Jen, but I think... Also, we can get kind of lost, or we can get distracted by stories, but also we can get lost in movement practice that doesn't integrate with with our mind and our ability to articulate what it is that's going on. And one of the things that shifted for me after about 30 years of being involved in the five rhythms and uh, 25 plus years of teaching it, I... A number of things. I mean, how I made that shift into zero one was partly through seeing this, having this insight into this mathematical equation, but also it was going through a personal crisis and a marriage breaking down and having to look at myself and go, what, how am I at this place again with another relationship breaking down and irretrievably? And how have I got myself into this place again, despite all these years of devoted movement practice? What is it that I've been missing? And I I have used a number of different tools and techniques and worked with individual practice, other other practices and healers and therapists. And and what I found was in, in investigating that question, what I found was I have not been telling the truth verbally. And there's something about speaking the truth as best you can that it does something that movement practice doesn't do on its own. And my experience has been personally that that's missing from a lot of movement practices. And I've started weaving it in to be part of Zero One, is Mm. that we have to learn how to speak the truth inwards to ourselves, to each other, to whatever sense of higher power we might have access to and that that completes something it's like the other half 
like yes we can de- get distracted by stories but we also get can get lost in movement practice and if we can bring movement practice and telling our story in the moment whatever that is as honestly and accurately as we can and i think yeah. the act of speaking the truth especially to someone else who's honestly truly listening is transformative like something happens inside us it's like alchemy it is literally it is is narrative alchemy alchemy at its highest i think and as you were speaking the thing that i was feeling you gave me god bumps as always but the thing that was speaking was (laughs) this idea of invocation and evocation so you know it's almost like when i've done movement practices with you it's like this sense of through the movement, we're evoking something. Something's coming mm. up and it's rising. And even if we don't have language for it, it's a truth. Um, and I always know truth, real truth, because it arises from a place beyond a story that I'm familiar with. It's an unfamiliar narrative that's coming from somewhere. And then that kind of invoking it into the space of truth through the words we speak mm. is the second half of that cycle. And then suddenly you create that sense of alchemy and liberation through it arising and then through it being spoken and it being transformed. And I think there's something really deeply powerful and deceptively simple, (laughs) I would say, but it's very powerful in what you're holding. Mm. Mm. Thank you. I certainly certainly love it. It's it's like it's enriched my experience. A great deal yeah. to to use the power of words, which are you know, to and while I'm moving sometimes too. Now I'm more and more I'm using words while I move, and not not chatting or rabbiting on while I'm moving, but <laughs> you know, find a word or a phrase yeah. while I'm moving, and just something super simple like "I am here" or "I see you." you know, if you're moving yeah. with a partner, just to just say something say very simple things while you're moving it adds a whole intensity of focus and presence to the moment that is great no it's powerful and you know it's funny i've recently started um playing and singing uh mantras again and on my guitar Mm. and and not traditional ones so mantras that arise from within um you know and so it really speaks to me what you just said actually because i found Mm. whenever i try and sit down and play you know, an accepted one, or I have a strong yoga practice, and of course there's tons of wisdom in that, but it doesn't resonate at the same level as something that naturally, spontaneously is arising in that moment and needs to be spoken and sung and felt as a vibration, you know, in my body. Beautiful. Well, you know, for sure, that's how all those famous mantras arrived among us, (laughs) is by someone doing exactly what you're talking about. Right. And hitting the spot and and then kind of handing it on for other people to use. But yeah, I, I recently worked through a book and um, called Stay Woke by Justin Michael Williams, I okay. think I've got his name right. Uh, he's a meditation young young up and coming meditation teacher in America. Uh, black guy and gay and is is he's kind of teaching meditation for all the people who don't normally make it to the kind of middle-class white sector. And I I found his book so refreshing. And one of the things that he he encouraged us to do through the book was to find your own mantra. 
to meditate with and and i and i did that it's like incredibly effective nice oh my god we'll have to put the link in the show notes yeah definitely so yeah i can that's beautiful hearing that you're doing that with singing and the spontaneous arising well and what i was going to ask you is so um yeah talk us through the zero one equation because this brings you in and out of these various forms of of awareness and alchemy doesn't it so yeah Yeah. let's let's introduce people to this yes (laughs) so so you can you can see more you can see see this in depth like i i spent a year writing the script for rehearsing the script for and producing filming and then editing and weaving a film which has just come out it's called maths movement and mysticism it's on vimeo and so you can see the story there but I, I can tell it in a slightly different way here, which would be yeah. How does it want to be told to, to reshape today. it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I there's an iconic mathematical equation. All mathematicians know it to be the bee's knees of the mathematical world. Like everyone, everyone in the mathematical and scientific world knows this equation. It's like there's something amazing about it. It's so extraordinarily beautiful. It's so elegant and like, it fits together the four most fundamental numbers there are, plus zero, which is not a number, it's the absence of any numbers. Right. So the four most fundamental numbers there are, plus the absence of any numbers, and the three fundamental operations of addition, multiplication, and exponentiation. And for those of you who are quick on your uptake, mathematical uptake, you might wonder where's minus and divide. Minus is a kind of different version of addition. And dividing is a different addition of a version of multiplication. Right. So all three fundamental operations, all four fundamental numbers, and the absence of any numbers. And they fit together just like that, mm. with nothing else. And it's, it's like the most extraordinary, elegant, beautiful puzzle piece, uh, puzzle, with these sort of eight puzzle pieces, you could say. Right. Four numbers, the absence of numbers, and three operations. And they fit together just <laughs> <laughs> and what I realized some years ago, I, I, I got taught that equation by a brilliant math teacher when I was 17. And it was this standout moment of my entire education. It's the only bit I really remember. His enthusiasm for this equation was just, just caught us six nerdy lads studying for the math. And I remember that moment. So like, wow, that is amazing. There's a kind of magic yeah. in numbers and that is more evident in that equation than anywhere else in the world of, world of maths. That's why it's kind of iconic. And I, I found myself coming back to this equation a few years ago, five years ago, in my early 50s, and going, oh, wait, what? Really? And as I looked at this thing, I, I saw a pattern in there that I recognized. And that pattern is the pattern of a human being. In, in the sense, I, there's many ways to see a human being, but the way I see a human being is that we have a body mm. which moves and we have a heart that feels and we have a mind that thinks and knows both. And then we have a soul that is the wholeness of us, which is in some way the the fusion of body heart mind pattern and that that fusion of body heart mind pattern together in unity creates a a wholeness that is the shape of our soul that's that's what i mean by soul and then and then there's this 
other force, which is not personal, because all that is personal. Body, heart, mind, soul is personal to us. And then there's this other element, this fifth element that is impersonal or transpersonal, mm-hmm. that is the place, the place where, as my teacher Gabrielle Roth used to say, there's only one of us here. She'd be, she'd be standing in front of a room full of people and say, there's only one of us here. I loved it when she said that. It's magic. And she's on one level right. There's a, there is a level at which Absolutely. there is only, there is only, and then I'm going to leave a space because I don't even want to put a name on it. Yeah. But that for us, that, that emptiness, that, and I know the word, the number zero is what that, is how that's represented in this mathematical equation. Basically, you know, those numbers, each of those numbers represents an aspect of ourselves, physical, emotional, yeah. mental, and our essential wholeness. The number one is our essential wholeness. And there's these three other numbers that do have the same character as each of the aspects of our self, body, heart, and mind. So there's an extraordinary equation, and, and I realized, oh, my God, it's the same shape as a human being. It's literally the the isness of a human being there in the world of numbers. And I was like, wow, I don't think anyone else has noticed that. Wow. Oh, I better do something with that. <laughs> like that's kind of news in the scientific world, the mathematical world. That's news. Because everyone knows it's extraordinary. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's noticed that it's the same shape as a human being. So then I started kind of investigating that and how to do that. And and I I, I learned from Gabrielle Roth how to dance anything. Right. You know, you take any state of being, any state of feeling, any state of mind and put it through movement. Right. And so I started dancing these numbers. I started dancing the number pi and I and E and one and zero. And I just had a kind of epiphany. There was this moment I was dancing in my kitchen. I shall never forget it. And I suddenly started, I had this moment where I kind of saw a whole of reality mm. as a sort of fractal landscape where everything was this equation down to the kind of tiniest subatomic nothingness to the big patterns of the earth and solar system and like everything. And, and us in the middle and everything is this pattern yeah. and what that pattern is really is the interaction of spirit and creation and the first the four numbers are all of creation and zero is spirit yeah. and the way that spirit and creation interface with each other of course shows up everywhere right because that's the only thing that's going on really right there's only one thing going on and that is this lovemaking between spirit and creation. Mm. And in the end, spirit and creation are one thing in themselves. Right. You know, that when you go kind of go to the sort of, oh, there is a way in which you can there go to no where there's only one. That. There is exactly. no separation between anything. Yeah. There's only one thing happening. And that is, again, I'm going to just say dot, dot, dot. Absolutely, but but it break. But then at the next level, it's like what I can't I can't say it properly. But the Tao, the the, the Tao Te Ching, says you know there's the there's the Tao, and out of the Tao comes the two, and out of the two comes the yeah. three, and out of the three comes the ten thousand. Yeah, and it, it's the next level down. Out of that oneness is the duality, 
mm-hmm. and the duality is is that experience that we have of being in some way a being that feels like dis- I feel distinct from you. Right. I don't feel like the same person as you. I can see you there through this extraordinary device called a laptop, and, <laughs> and you know we're all the you know the conversations and dances that we've had over the years. And I don't feel that I'm the same person as you. Yeah. And and so the, there's that duality. I experience myself as something different, and I'm in some way infused with this zero-ness that infuses you too and so there's that duality of i experience myself as both two and one and And dual and whole and (laughs) and then that breaks down again my my sense of separate self to breaks down again so i actually do experience myself as having a body heart and mind and those don't feel like the same thing right and different qualities of attention and experience yeah right yeah and so so all of that is right there in this extraordinary iconic equation yeah and uh, and i just created a movement practice out of that okay so you know we're going to move like pi and then we're going to move like i we're going to move like e and we're going to move as one right and all the while infused with this quality of zero yeah and and that has been the experience that's been new for me with zero one is is taking that that quiet or even silent taking that still silent spaciousness that is zero, yeah. which is what Eckhart Tolle talks about all the time. And you know, like everyone, it's not news to anyone. It's just it's just maybe using the number zero as a well, no, that's not new either. Actually, the Native Americans. Uh, called that space zero. I literally used right. that word. I mean, in their own, own language, obviously. And um, so that—that's—that's that's been new for me to to move as though that zero field is part of the whole movement experience, right. and be to be in some way aware of that all the time. Yeah. as a presence inside all of the hurry and flurry of movement that is wild and beautiful and sexy and exciting and relational and, and, and full of life. life. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've been, I've been very influenced by David Dada's perspective yeah. as well. The way he talks about masculine and feminine is right there in this equation. And, yeah. and the way that I'm polarity seeing polarity and the polarities, between polarities. Yeah. yeah He's I mapped love his out work. polarities so well and, yeah, and I think we'll have to put him in the show the, notes too. He's an incredible teacher of these kinds of yeah, energies. Because yeah. what I love how you described it is for lovemaking to take place, which in and itself is a memory of zero and the fusion back into union, you need the two. So you need the duality, you need the separation. Yeah, yeah. So it's honoring of yeah. all those different levels of experience, celebrating yeah. all those different levels of experience. But I think as you said, what starts to happen as you move through that equation and that life giving mm. process, if you will, mm. that's fractal. So process doesn't imply linear mm. is you start to become ever more aware of the zero and the zero yeah. that permeates everything. And in, you know, yeah. in the native American traditions, you know, the sacred hoop, the medicine wheel, that mm. cosmology of all of us being infused by that energy, but moving mm. in this exquisitely beautiful dance through the other elements of life informing mm. 
itself in ever greater diversity, yeah. you know? So mm. it's it's just incredibly beautiful. And as I listened to you, I, I sat there thinking, God, I wish I'd had the same maths teacher as you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I wish someone had explained to me that this is how the cosmos works and this is how life mm. works. And I remember many years later, I had a wonderful... Um, uh, I think it was a Crow teacher who came into my life, um, Crow Native American, and and he said, um, "Well, numbers is just how the universe is formed." And I remember that just mm, hit me really? on such a deep level that I remember mm. thinking the same thought. I'm like, "Oh God, why couldn't I have had you instead of my secondary school maths teacher?" No, and I think when we start to really move in that space and look at numbers as the guides to this exquisite ordering that exists under our experiences one deep breath can bring us into that zero space you know yes and it's just it's just so multifaceted and yet so simple as a doorway Mm. into our Mm. our true i love that word you use the truth of our experience Mm. in any given Mm. moment and our ability Mm. to express that not just in the words we speak but in the way we move in the way we show up in our entire energy system yeah yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and and that was that really made me smile about hearing you say that you wish you'd had that as a me as a math teacher, you know. So so here's the other thing I want to say to uh, I would have loved to have been your math teacher. And, and here's the other thing I want to say to anyone who's listening who is involved with teaching maths and involved with particularly teenagers. Right. If you would like me to do a to to do a session for teenagers amazing for people that they need to be into they need to be like i would say 15 to up then then you'll have enough of a grasp of maths you don't need you don't need to be good at maths in fact i've had i've had quite a few comments on my film from people who say they're totally maths phobic they never got it at all but they really get what i'm talking about in this film but but i think 15 and above because i i want to communicate about sort of human philosophical questions that right. are probably best 15 or so up i don't want to make a rigid rule about that but i'm available and i want to i want to do i want to like I want to teach this stuff. Amazing. I've got something to teach. I've got something to say that that looks at numbers in this way and says life is magic and it's and it's right there in these numbers and this is what this says about human beings. And mm-hmm. it's a very hopeful, beautiful um, sort of rendering of human nature, really. Yes. It, it shows the nature of humans as being essentially creative and and regenerative and and beautiful and relational and all of that is there in the numbers and i can give a damn good talk and i need about an hour and and, you know give a talk for half an hour or so maybe 40 minutes and and then q a and amazing i I just think I, i haven't done it yet for a teenage audience but i've had to i've had a few young friends i i'm teenagers or friends who have sat and listened to this and they've loved it see and there's an offer there is an offer yeah, and i will certainly yeah. be circulating get in touch with my teacher friends do it over zoom <laughs> totally and, oh amazing yeah. oh thank you adam i think that's a beautiful way 
of ending this particular dialogue, um, but actually inviting people into the depth of your work. And as we said, I'll put links to everything Adam's mentioned, but also his incredible new film, um, Maths, mm. Movement and Thank Mysticism, you. which I watched this weekend again and just... Mm was blown away by so we will put all of that in the show notes and please do if you are a teacher if you are someone who is longing for a deeper story and expression of truth find Adam and his work and I'm sure you will be led on an incredible journey um that will bring you to that awareness you know in whatever way is right for us so thank you my friend it's always Mm. such a pleasure to be in the same space as you and exploring all these incredible things even if it is via zoom and I can't wait to see how we get to dance and play together again soon yes me too thank you so much Jen yeah always until the next time (laughs) 